Welcome back to another edition of In the Works. I'm David Catterford, your host. I am an undergraduate uh, career development specialist from Career Services. And along with me today is um, my uh, fantastic uh, co-host, Lawrence Chan. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome back to our third show already. It's been uh, going by pretty quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, what's the topic for today? Well, I thought it'd be good to start off with a little bit of discussion on career development theories. And at first, I guess it might seem a little bit odd to have theories just about careers. Um, but I think it really does help us kind of sort out how people, you know, improve professionally or, you know, their career path or trajectory and just kind of overall career satisfaction. And in that case, I think it's important to have these various ideas and factors sorted out into theories that we can rely on. Absolutely. Yeah. Career development theory is really, I mean, I really like to nerd out over these career development theories because I, I um, yeah. Who's your favorites, um, Lawrence? Well, there are a good number of theories out there, but I would say one of my favorites is the Holland's theory of career choice. And this theory is pretty intuitive in that basically it says people will look for work as well as an environment that suits their personality. And that will then result in better success and satisfaction. And within this theory, personality is broken up into six unique parts. And you have realistic, artistic, investigative, social, enterprising, and conventional. And David, I know you're quite familiar with each of these, so you could probably explain it better than I can. Um, the realistic are the hands-on people, the people that like physical work. Um, investigative are like the researchers, so they like figuring out uh, why stuff works how does it work the artistic or kind of the creators they, they don't necessarily have to be good at the arts but I think they have to appreciate the arts mm -hmm. the social are the helpers the enterprising are, are, are the the uh, the entrepreneurs the the ones that want to make lots of money and be their own boss and then the conventional are the organizers and the ones that like working with numbers data systems they like maximizing time and efficiency and uh, yeah yeah, so within those six categories, you can then see which ones kind of describe you the best. And then based off of that, see which types of jobs and careers are most suitable. And so we do have something formally called the Strong Interest Inventory that helps to show which specific personality categories that you fall into. And based off of that, uh, give you suggestions for areas of work as well as specific occupations. And so it's a pretty common tool that we suggest for students who are not sure what to do or just really have no idea of, you know, what their career choices are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, for example, with myself out of the six Holland's themes, my actually, I think my highest theme is artistic, but I, I, I chose to not have my career in the artistic theme, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a career development specialist at Career Services. So I, I, I'm in the, the traditional, the social theme. Um, so it, it's, but career is bigger than just job, right? So I, I think I really enjoy doing all, the, like I, I think my talents are higher in the social theme than they are in the artistic theme. So I kind of leave all the artsy stuff and me writing and watching lots of movies and Star Trek and all that. I leave that as my hobby. And then I, I do my job where my skills are listening and, and empathy. And, and so I, I, I think it's um, that's how we can help students kind of find their path. Like, what do they want to do? Where do they want to work? And the Holland's themes can really help with that. 
if a student doesn't know, right, can be real eye-opening. Yep, it can be a really good starting point in researching jobs and just finding a little more about what's out there. Okay, so that was a little bit about Holland's theory of career choice. But what about you, David? Which theory are you a fan of? Well, I am huge. I, I think the rock star of career development theory, in, in, in my opinion, is, is Dr. John Crumbles from Stanford University. And he has his whole happenstance theory is that, you know, just, you know, your career will find you if you can put yourself in a good time and space. So I kind of like his mantra, which is don't make a career decision, keep your options open. Um, it, it, it test your dream absolutely but do, do it at small steps like test your dream a step at a time he's big on being active and and, and everybody that's has career success always gets a lucky break so I think be active get out there and luck will happen to you it's create your own luck and then making mistakes is good like like make mistakes but learn from your mistakes and then have, have the attitude of, I'll never stop learning. What can I take next? What can I do next? And, and so that's kind of how I um, kind of fashion my appointments around is, is uh, the great uh, John Crumbles. Yeah, no, I think that theory is pretty relatable. And I mean, not just to careers, but life in general, yeah. because you may have an idea of what you want to do. But, you know, for whatever reason, things don't necessarily turn out that way. And I mean, life just happens, right? Which is something I always hear you saying. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think career success is compromising, right? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think something that you often hear people say is that, oh, I didn't expect to be end up working in this area or working in this company or whatever it might be. Right. And I think that kind of just speaks to kind of the, you know, bit of randomness that goes on, you know, in life. And so again, career is just another part of life. And I think, yeah, when you put yourself in some of those positions, right, so whether it's volunteering, uh, you know, working at a certain place, right, you kind of set up these uh, connections. And who knows, later on, you know, with the right timing and, you know, a little bit of good luck, opportunities can come up. Yeah, I, I think it, it's almost like, yeah, like it's surfing, right? So what you want to do is kind of ride the wave and, 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 and see where it takes you. Huh, I really like that analogy. And I'm kind of glad you brought it up because I think that's really relatable to our guest today. So with that, let's move into our Real People Real Career segment and feature Nora Molina. She's currently the director at Career Services. And we're not just interviewing her because she's my boss, but because Nora has had a really interesting career path. And she can definitely share a unique perspective of when she was a student and how it led to where she is now. And currently as a director, her main focus is to connect students with employers, and it's really the energy and curiosity of students that give her that drive. And it's funny, I think students often think of the university as just a place of studying and learning. However, it can also be a place to work and to build your career. And so I think Nora gives great insight into all her years working in uh, different post-secondary settings and how a lot of it wasn't necessarily planned. Okay, so what, what do you find uh challenging about your job ah challenging you know consistently certainly the economy um, the ups and downs that we've experienced um, in calgary has presented challenges for us and how do we be creative how do we uh, find opportunities to engage with employers in a downturn economy how do we find opportunities to um, and ways to help students 
um, connect with the employment community, but also to dig a little bit deeper into the, their selves and, and career exploration um, and making sure that they, they're truly understanding the depth of what they can bring to an employer and how do they bring that forward. So I think though those spaces of, of reaching students and ensuring students are accessing our services. Um, we are connecting with more students year after year and that's really important about how we put forward the value and benefit of, uh, of connecting of connecting with career services. So what about the job that kind of jumped out at you that kind of sparked your interest when you saw the job posting? Oh, when I first saw the job posting, so it was really quite interesting because I, I was teaching at that time. I was teaching at Bow Valley College and I've been doing contract work, uh, mostly in the nonprofit sector and teaching. And um, I was asked to commit to my, my teaching load for the next semester. and and. I actually had been teaching for about three years at that point, and that really brought me to making the decision that I wanted to be on campus in a full-time way. And uh, one of the first things I saw, actually, I think probably one of the very first, was the role in career services. And what I liked about it is that my entire career has crossed back and forth between the post-secondary sector and the nonprofit sector. Um, when I first finished my undergraduate degree, my first full-time role was with Athabasca University as an advisor on all of the programs that Athabasca had to offer. Um, I left there and, and joined uh, CDI College, which focuses on IT, worked IT placement as the employment specialist in the Y2K craze. And then I moved into 10 years of working with accountants within the professional accounting and then five years in HR. So all of these career spaces, like different careers, when I saw the role in career services that's providing support to students from undergraduate to PhD and across all faculties, there was a lot of experience that I felt I was drawing from um, with all of the different professional groups that I'd supported over the years. So. Okay, so you seem happy and satisfied with what you're doing in your career. Um, what's been the most challenging aspect for you? That's a tough one, David. You know, I think what's most challenging, I mean, every role that I've had has been really satisfying. I think each role, when you make a change in your career, it's like, okay, I feel like I've done all that I can, or I've contributed all that I can. And I think the challenge sometimes comes, it's making a decision to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to shift, or I'm going to stretch, or I'm going to go and, and do something different. Um, that presents challenges at times, you know, when you're continuously, I've had jobs where I thought I'll be here, you know, two years tops. Um, ended up staying five or ten and it's like the job continues to challenge. I, I think that's the part is, is you know, for me variety is important um, and, and taking on new projects, trying new things. I've always loved um, any kind of startup projects. You know, you're starting from square one. How do you, it's like, okay, well, what do we do? What's the plan? What are we trying to accomplish? And, and digging into that unknown space, that's always been something that's interested me. Okay, now let's Let's go back now, because like, I think, tell us about your journey and when you were younger, what was your career plan? So think about, you know, I mean, after high school, I didn't go into post-secondary right away. So I had some time to think things through mm -hmm. and I was really keen on communications. And, and that was before communications was a thing or a topic or even a career path. I had been accepted at Grand Prairie Regional College uh, and I'd been accepted at U of C. 
Um, but for me, I was coming from Northern Alberta, so I was going to have to move, relocate. And, and that was really what I was looking at. I was also a single mom at that point, so I had other considerations to make. And I knew ultimately in the end I wanted to get a degree. So that was the major factor in coming to U of C. And when I started the communications program at U of C, they didn't even have any graduates out of it. That's how new it was. I had people in my life that were discouraging me from doing that degree because they're like, what are their, what's their employment success rate? You know, or there's not even any grads. How do you know you're going to get a job? And so kind of stepping into that unknown and saying, I'm willing to take that risk. Like I looked at the program and the curriculum and it fascinated me. And so I, I powered through and uh, finished my undergraduate degree in communications. And at that point, it was really a summer job that set me on the path of where my career is now and completely unexpected. Because I would say in my undergrad, I was incredibly active at that time, uh, NUTV or New TV, I'm not even sure what they actually call it today, but that used to be UCTV. And I was very, very active with UCTV. So I wanted to go into media. That, that would have been like, I wanted to be uh, like a CTV news anchor, like Barb Higgins was kind of my dream goal of uh, telling the stories and the reporting and being in on the action. But the reality, and, and I don't say it in, you know, the, just the reality was I was a single mom. And to start a media career at that point, you need to go off to some small town and you need to chase the stories, the ambulance, the fires, and, you know, any day, any time of day. And it really wasn't realistic. Um, so as I mentioned, a summer job in student services at SAIT actually is what got me started. And I worked in the, the um, student counseling center that did both uh, like similar here at U of C, student wellness, as well as career counseling. And, and that was really the beginning of my career in student services. And that's interesting how sometimes careers happen to you just by kind of luck and accident, you started a job there. But let's, what did you gain from your university? Like, like what, what did your communications degree do for you? Oh, I think absolutely everything. And um, for me, communications is, I think, the foundation of, it's kind of, it's, it's the foundation of everything that I look at is through a communication lens on so many different levels, whether it's interpersonal communication, whether it's marketing and communications. Um, it's, it's how how we interact, like how we interact as individuals and how we interact with every device that's in front of us. So communications, um, to me, that's my first passion, obviously. I ended up going back to school, came back and did my MBA through the Haskane School of Business. Um, and I had started actually in my undergrad, I started a management minor, which I didn't finish timetabling of courses, you know, in the end, I didn't finish a couple of them. So I always had the business interest. So when I ended up coming back, uh, I was exploring master's programs and uh, thinking about doing a master's in education because I had worked in education management, education administration for such a long time at that point. And it was kind of a, a real sort of odd, odd experience. I was talking with a coworker about it, about doing my master's in education. And, and my boss happened to pass by and said, are you thinking about grad school? And I said, yeah, she goes, what are you thinking? So I told her. And she just, oh, forget that, do your MBA, and walked away. And, and I just kind of stopped and, you know, looked, and, and it was that she was planted that seed, and I decided to go and look at MBA programs, and then um, I chose the Haskane MBA, and did that part-time while I worked full-time, but I just think, and I have reminded her a couple of times about that conversation where she just kind of dropped in and dropped a bombshell, which I hadn't been thinking MBA, and I'm really glad that she pointed me in that direction. 
And that's interesting. Hey, eh? kind of, I always kind of relate careers to surfing and you kind of ride a wave and then somebody gives you a tip and you're like, Oh, I didn't think of that. And then you, and then it kind of takes you places now. So I, I guess your career is, is, is in student services. And so let's kind of fill in this statement. Don't go into blank, blank career path. If you, don't go into student services if you just sort of like routine and status quo. Um, that, that's one thing I'd say. Uh, there is so much that changes year over year. And I think sometimes um, people don't quite realize, you know, in terms of programs and services, it's not the same thing year over year. How we deliver the needs of students sometimes can shift. Some of our programming, I think, continues. But um, if you're uncomfortable with uncertainty, um, even just on a day-to-day -day basis, David, you don't know who's going to walk into your office. You don't know who's going to be calling and saying, can you tell me or give me advice on, you know, is it physics or is it nursing or is it education or social work? So that variety, you know, maybe there's some degree of routine to it, but if, if, if you really sort of like that sort of methodical type work, no, you, you need to be able to be um, really responsive and, and I think thinking fast in your feet and adapting. Also, I mean, just the interaction with people. If, if you're not comfortable dealing with a wide variety of people every single day, yeah, student services is probably not going to be the place. And this is great, right? Because you're giving tips and I hope people are listening and, and maybe somebody's listening going, no, I want routine and I want things in my, in, I want like a, a, a day where I know exactly what I'm doing and this is maybe not their career path. Right. Yeah. And I think in terms of particularly for students today, and, and this is where, you know, how my career got started in this space was, you know, and it was quite interesting. I just, I've never forgotten that that interview at, at SAIT. It was just, it was actually almost a disaster um, just because it was, you know, when Calgary gets downpours that just don't quit. And yeah. I didn't have a car then, so I'm taking a bus to a job interview, and, and eh, I was soaking wet when I walked in there, but I, I never forgot my became my boss asked me in the interview like I asked she said do you have any questions for me and I said well yeah I said you know I'm just wondering I said I imagine you know makes sense that you might prefer to hire a state student on a summer job versus a University of Calgary student is, is that a concern and she said well you know I'll be honest we do have a tendency to prefer hiring state students just because they're familiar with our programs she said you know you've probably never heard of nuclear medicine technology and, and I was able actually to respond because one of my best friends had been graduated third in this class from nuclear medicine technology. And I said that and I said, in fact, I said, I was really thinking about coming to school at state. And at that time, they offered the cinema, television, stage and radio arts two year diploma. And I said, I spent a lot of time looking to that. I said, but in the end, I knew I wanted a four year degree. And that's why I decided to go to UFC. And she ended up hiring me because I was able to talk in a knowledgeable way. And I, and I had done all of that research into state prior to becoming a University of Calgary student. Um, but the fact that I could talk about the programs and also the pros and cons of why I chose to do what I chose to do, that was a plus for me in that interview. And even when it, my next job, when I got hired at Athabasca University, and they said, well, what's your familiarity with Athabasca University? And I said, well, actually, I took my very first university course, Psych 289, from Athabasca back when I lived in Northern Alberta. And so showing that connection and how I could relate to that. And certainly, I think for any students, careers and student services offer so much opportunity because the value that you bring is your experience as a student. 
So you might not have a lot of job experience, but when you move into student services helping other students, you draw from your own life experience. Okay. So we once kind of let's kind of wrap it up here, but we're like, what's some advice you would give some new grads entering the job market right now? Oh, do your research. Um, you know, I think that's important in any given time, but going into the job market right now, really, you know, look deep and understand yourself um, first. What, what do you want and what are your strengths? Um, and do your research. I think the beginning place for me is always starting with what you know. And what you know could come from a variety of different places. It could come from your education. It could come from, you know, your past jobs, even if, you know, you're a recent graduate out of high school. It could come from your volunteer experience. It could come from sports, anything that you've been involved in. So it's how do you draw all of that together. Um, and that, starting with what you know, and then step into those first opportunities in places that are familiar to you. But doing your research about companies in advance and talking to people all the time, anybody, talk to anybody that you happen to know, um, whether it's, you know, uh, people that you may have worked with before, your friends, places that they have worked, or it could be your friends' parents, your parents, people your parents might introduce you to. There's all sorts of connections that people have. Um, and that's, that's really, really important. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Nora, for being our guest. Thanks for helping us try and like unfold people's careers. And, and Thanks. I, I think hopefully we did that a little bit today, but thank I you think so, so much. It's been my pleasure. And you know, at times I have described, you know, and I have said, you know, I ended up in an accidental career. Uh, one summer job turned into uh, a lifetime of working in student services and, and you know career services directly but all sorts of higher education and learning and it's been really valuable and rewarding as well to listen to this interview again or previous ones that we have aired you can go to ucalgary.ca careers okay so now we have time to get into our next segment cd for film and tv where we apply a little career development to your favorite TV and movie characters. So let's turn on the projector, put in the VHS, or actually just turn on Netflix. Okay, so who are we going to feature today, David? Well, we're going to talk about um, a character from the great television show called Seinfeld, which ran from 1989 to 1998 and was a, a fantastic show about four uh, people, Jerry, Kramer, Elaine, and George, we're going to talk about George, um, that lived in New York City in the 1990s. Yeah, so with George Costanza, he's one of your main characters on the show. And out of all of them, I would say he's kind of the one that really stands out the most because he's neurotic, he's a bit petty, and self-absorbed. And then, I mean, that's just him in his daily life. But I guess as a worker, you know, you could say that he's a bit of a slacker, a bit unaware, and also just kind of likes to take advantage of the situation. But of course, there are some good qualities to him, but overall, really, it's kind of the, the not-so-good stuff that the show tends to focus on, and that's what makes it funny. Absolutely. And what's really interesting about the George Costanza character was, I mean, he had some difficulties with his career during the show. And we're going to talk about that. But it kind of parallels me a little bit. Like, I, I mean, we all kind of laugh at George, but I think 
there's a little George inside of me and there's probably some George inside of you. I think that's what makes him a memorable character. Yeah, of course. And I mean, you might be asking yourself why we're, you know, featuring such a negative character, but I think he's pretty relatable in the sense that some of those kind of more, you know, quirky or odd thoughts might come to our mind. Only the difference is that we don't necessarily act on it. Well, he, he's lazy and he doesn't want to work, right? He, he, he never finds his passion or if he thinks he finds his passion, he talks himself out of it. He, he's like you said, he's kind of neurotic and it's done for comic relief. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And for George, I think he takes it to the next level because he sometimes acts on those kind of bad ideas that he has. Like, for example, taking a nap at work under his desk. I finally found a way to sleep in my office under the desk. Eh? I lie on my back. I tuck in the chair. I'm invisible. Sounds like a really cool <laughs> fort. Yeah, so I'm sure maybe you, you probably had that moment where you wanted to take a little snooze at work, David. Uh, you, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> a little, don't get me in trouble here on the show, but absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. We can probably, I mean, I can definitely come up with uh, many other examples of him being a bad worker. You know, like if you remember like him faking a disability at work or wanting to get fired on purpose. Um, but, you know, like he still was managed, able to manage like getting all the different jobs and, you know, still getting work. But of course, I think realistically speaking, um, you know, if this was real life, he probably wouldn't have kept getting hired because in general, that's just not what you look for in a worker. Right. So do you still think you're able to help him out and give him some of that career advice? Well, he, here's the thing is I know I don't think I could have helped him out. I don't think anybody really could have helped him out with his career. Because of his mindset, I, I think, like, sure, we help students with their careers and with their career development and help them find jobs. But the students that book appointments with us, they, they want to take our advice and they, they want to better themselves. And, and with George, I, I think it's a, it's a mindset. And I don't think my positivity and my knowledge of career development, I don't think could have helped George unless he changed his mindset, then maybe mm -hmm. I could have helped him because I think he did have some good skills and qualities about him. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, maybe relating it to just maybe some of the students that you see who are maybe in a bit of a, a funk or, mm -hmm. you know, just a negative mindset with their career, right? Not feeling very optimistic. How do you deal with that? Well, I mean, yeah, so I, I see a lot of students on, on Zoom now, but I see a lot of students and they book appointments with me. And, and maybe at the beginning of the appointment, they're like, I don't know what I should do. And, and I'm kind of worried about my future and my career. And I, I'm like, well, good. Okay, good. I mean, you booked an appointment with me. Let's talk about your future. Let, let's get going. And, and I, I think it's, I'm really able to see the potential and the best in the students that I help. And I'm able to kind of flip their mindset a little bit and get them to start thinking positively about, hey, what do they want to do with their careers and with their degrees and what they want, like help them kind of shop around for career options. And, and I, I think I'm good at doing that. I just don't think my approach would be effective with a character like George Costanza. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but, I, I don't know if it, then it'd be funny to see him having career success. You know, the show wouldn't be what it is. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, and like I said, yeah, I mean, George has done some things that I can certainly identify with. 
Um, like there was a time in an episode where his boss gave him a, a project to do. But as he was talking with George about this project, he walked into the bathroom and George did not follow and didn't hear. And then, um, then of course, he, he didn't know how to proceed with the project. Well, I still don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't, I don't even know what my assignment is. Ask him to repeat it. Tell him there was an echo in there. I can't. He's been on my case about not paying attention. Besides, it's too late. I already told him. I heard him. You know what you do? Ask him a follow-up question. Tell him you're having trouble getting started and you want his advice. Yeah. Follow-up question. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been in that spot as well. But my favorite George work-related moment is when he locked his keys inside his car at work. And therefore, his bosses were thinking that he was, you know, coming into work super early and also leaving work super late. See, Steinbrenner is like the first guy in at the crack of dawn. He sees my car. He figures I'm the first guy in. Then the last person to leave is Wilhelm. He sees my car. He figures I'm burning the midnight oil. Between the two of them, they think I'm working an 18-hour day. Locking your keys in your car is the best career move you ever made. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, yeah, no, so to wrap things up, I think in general, really, it, it's important to be in that kind of right mindset, you know, uh, with careers. And it's not always easy, but to tie it back earlier to what we were talking about with the career development theories and happenstance, if you put yourself into some of those positions, right, then, you know, that really does increase your chances of, you know, certain opportunities coming up. Okay, well, that does it for today. And yeah, Lawrence, maybe hopefully we talked about George Costanza. Maybe next time we can talk about HAL 9000 from the amazing film 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> no, yeah, that sounds good, David. But uh, we'll, we'll get to it. I have still to yet watch that movie. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to In the Works. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>